Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, the founder and CEO of Collab Talk. You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, my guests are two of the founders of SharePoint Saturday, Susan Lennon and Eric Harlan. You can find out more about SharePoint Saturday events, which happen around the world every weekend by visiting their website at spsevents.org. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot to both of you for joining me here in this discussion. So this is Christian Buckley. You can find me at Buckley Planet and, of course, at BuckleyPlanet.com and my company website, CollabTalk.com as well. And and Susan, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. I'm Susan Lennon. I'm one of the founders of SharePoint Saturday back in 2009 and formerly worked for Microsoft and am now retired. And I help run the SharePoint Saturday events along with my co-presenter here, Eric Harlan. And I'm Eric Harlan, um, again, one of the co-founders way, way back. Uh, currently still work at Microsoft, still sort of dabbling between the office technologies, uh, and I've been doing this for way too long. And I don't have a cold, so hopefully we'll be able to get some way, through. <laughs> way too long? That, I mean, that just that sounds like there's, there's no passion. The fire's gone, Eric. Wow. Well, it is vacation time still, yeah, and I did true. just wake up a half an hour ago. So, you know, let the coffee kick in. We'll be good. That's right. And Susan was telling me she's out there what retirement looks like. She's doing uh, construction, laying concrete. Um, uh, yep. <laughs> Corn cement. That's right. <laughs> Life's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. And, and minimum wage is tough, though. Um, you know, Susan, to go. From... <laughs> yeah, no wage is even tougher. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Susan was to tell me. So she usually hangs out outside of Walmart. Uh, you know, uh, every, most mornings until she can get picked up by you know for some kind of project. You know, so it's that's exciting. So. <laughs> well, and and Eric, and you were just saying you're on your way out my direction. Yeah, going to be on the slopes here soon, taking a little one out. She's uh, she's becoming quite the skier at six years old. She's uh, knocking out blues and starting on blacks here. So wow, very cool. This will be a good trip. You'll probably teach me. Well, you know, I I, I just have to warn you that uh, like it was yesterday, clear skies. I was out walking the dogs, and it was one of those. I'm out there for 15 minutes, and my face just hurt. It was oh, yeah. that cold, so it's it's dropped down a bit, but. Uh, Ugh. Yeah, good times. But uh, well, let's. What what is the the kind of the history? I mean, I, I know we had the besides the fact that we had the uh, uh, you know the the like the tenth year anniversary shirts. I actually designed the uh, or had designed the back in the fifth anniversary of SharePoint Saturday. Um, it's actually my favorite design of uh, Mark Rackley's. What is it, uh, brother-in-law, cousin, or whatever that used to do the T-shirts for a lot of the events. But was the one with uh, John Cusack from the movie Say Anything? It's you know the picture, the iconic picture of him in the trench coat with his vehicle behind him. He's holding the boombox over his head, and I he was holding a giant number five. That was my favorite shirt, and I gave them all <laughs> away and did not keep one for myself. Well, Susan actually, she's she's a couple months ahead of me in the whole startup, and she was ground floor with Virginia Beach, so she could probably lay the groundwork of, of how this thing really kicked off. I came in maybe a couple couple months, maybe weeks or so later. Yeah, I mean, well, the, so the first one was in uh, January of 2009, 
And it, it got started when Michael Lauder, Kevin Israel, and myself were at a SharePoint user group. And Michael Lauder and I had been running around doing SharePoint talks at SQL Saturdays and Code Camps. And we're like, you know what? There's enough interest now in SharePoint back in this is 2008 that we thought well there's SQL Saturday why not SQL SharePoint or sorry there's SQL Saturdays why not SharePoint Saturdays so while we're in the user group meeting Kevin jumped on uh, probably GoDaddy and registered the domain name for SharePoint Saturday and Michael and I both got busy uh, trying to host a SharePoint Saturday and I just managed to get Virginia Beach going a little bit sooner than he got New York City going and uh, that was January 2009, the first one got kicked off, and it's been going ever since. And as SharePoint did, right, we kind of peaked um, in the States, but we've had a whole resurgence here, um, a lot of it driven by Eric internationally. So we seem to keep adding more and more events internationally as the years have gone by. Um, and I think everything else is pretty obvious about how things have gone and trended is as the product has changed and broadened, as Christian, you and I were talking earlier, it's not really SharePoint only anymore. It's a lot of cloud, Office 365, Azure, Power Apps, Flow, Power BI, things like that. So um, the idea is just providing that means for community to come together and hold events that's for the community and by the community at no cost, that type of thing. So we, SPS events, just provide the infrastructure really and the website so that communities can decide to host their own event and we just help enable them to pull that off and get that all going. And most of the sponsors and the speakers are know to use our site to come and look and see what's available and what's going on. So. Um, a lot of it's just word of mouth and years now, 11 going into, of people knowing about it and that type of thing. But as you mentioned, Christian, there's still new people and that are discovering it all the time. So um, it continues to survive and provide value, I believe. So. Yeah, and in fact, I was, uh, you guys are aware of this, but uh, so we had uh, SharePoint Saturday Twin Cities there in uh, Minneapolis uh, in mid-November. And so that was uh, November 17th, and I flew out there, stayed with my daughter, who's in uh, grad school out in uh, Minneapolis, and and that the night went to the speaker dinner Friday evening. Had to skip out a little bit early because I did a virtual keynote of the first SharePoint Saturday Ahmedabad, India, um, and uh, and I and maybe he mentioned this, but that that he was going to be there in person. But I was very happy to see there in the audience. Uh, in Ahmedabad, which I, I've been to Ahmedabad before, but uh, Tom Daly was there. Uh, so it was very cool to see that uh, there are quite a, a few folks, um, three or four, that traveled over from the U.S. and Europe to uh, participate and help kick off that event. Uh, and they had a great-sized crowd as well. So a lot of interaction. I did uh, the keynote and, and a quick AMA and, you know, asked me anything. And, uh, you know, and, and so it is great to see Every time I visit the you know the SBS site, it is a you know half or more of those are outside of the the U.S. and just continues to grow. Well, so you know, where things are, and, and and Susan, you actually brought up this this point about um, you know well it's not just about SharePoint 
technology that there's there's really always been other you know parallel technologies complementary technologies discussed at these events i mean i my first sharepoint saturday was in uh was it november december of 2009 so it was following the sharepoint conference in vegas which was the end of october i believe and uh and so i went to that that sharepoint saturday and uh it it was not uh i don't, I don't remember who organized there was there a microsoft campus um at, at the, uh, the the conference center it wasn't uh, overwhelmingly large. Not uh, some SharePoint Saturdays are, are very small. I ran Bend, Oregon, for a number of years, and we only ever had 100, 120 people uh, for that event, and it was it was one of my favorites. It was a lot of fun. Um, but that's that's something that a year later I got involved and ended up taking over, um, working with the user group there, but taking over the. Um, the the Redmond or Seattle-based SharePoint Saturday event. But we always had a variety of topics. If you think of SharePoint of being that infrastructure, being the intranet, being that primary collaboration platform, and then there's always been, you know, the ebb and flow of these other tools that have plugged in, integrated with, or sat alongside SharePoint. Yep. Well, whether it's technologies or you know, topics, I mean, things like governance, information management, there's all kinds of those type of things that go along with then development tools, the SQL that's underlying, right, for SharePoint and things. And of course, over this past decade, then the explosion of cloud, and that's just taken off in all kinds of different directions. And then of yeah. course, it, oh, sorry, go ahead, Eric. No, I was just gonna say that, you know, depending on where the event actually happens, there's, there's a natural check and balance to the topics that get talked about, right? So whatever is the most pressing thing, um, most pressing topic within that particular area at that time when a, when a user is actually submitting, now a lot of it revolves around what they're working on and what they're passionate about. And, and at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the event coordinator of, of picking that actual session. Um, but if you would sit back and say, okay, you have, have no, um, you know, influence on what event or what uh, topic's actually going to be presented, you know, we're not asking for this, we're not asking for anything, just send us what you have, you'll actually see that the trend is, is more leaning towards, you know, what people are actually working with today. And that's, that usually revolves around a lot of the cloud technologies, the office uh, stack as a whole, um, and, and really doesn't always reflect just SharePoint specifically, it might be a launching off point or, or whatever that might be. Um, but most of the time, if you if you really break it down, it's not you don't see too many of you know how you do this with a list and how do you pivot that with data anymore. It's really like how do you use these new features that are coming down the pipe uh, that we're getting exposed to so frequently now that we don't have any experts in them anymore because the technology or that version of SharePoint hasn't been you know, out there in the wild for two years and they're working on the next version, it's not going to be out for another two and a half years or whatever it might be. So hopefully, you know, that's that's the idea is, is get people who don't typically speak in front of crowds to want to do it, to talk about what they're passionate about. And, um, you know, a couple of years back, we made the cognitive decision to say, hey, let's, let's strip the SharePoint name 
out of the event itself, whether or not the event coordinator at the local level wants to promote it that way or not, because that's the, you know, the way the trend is there. Great. If not, you know, it could be a 100% power apps or, you know, whatever the like um, event. And that's totally fine too. Well, and that's, yeah, that kind of, and that kind of goes, well, real quick, that goes back yeah. to kind of the core when we first started um, and what code camps were about that we fashioned it partly after was being local and um, giving people who haven't spoken before a chance to speak and also bringing events like you mentioned Bend, Oregon or, you know, like the Ozarks or Virginia Beach, places that are not mainstream where there aren't Microsoft offices and things like that. But, but there's still plenty of users and people that have needs and are wanting to learn more. So uh, wherever there's that interest, there can be an event. And it, like Eric's saying, it doesn't have to have SharePoint in it. Um, it's it's all about trying to bring people together and support community and give them a way to um, come together and explore technology and see how they can get the most out of the technologies that they are using. Yeah, I, I was going to make the point, and, and, and Eric, following on, you're like talking about kind of the the, the purest uh, you know form of this. I I think uh, this is my opinion, I, and to see what how the two of you you respond to this, but. Uh, you know, having been involved and in help uh, uh, launch a number of them in areas where I really looked at what I was trying to do was trying to seed the the community in each of those areas, kind of show them, help them, like, here's this pattern, here's how you run it, here's what you need to think about. Um, and, and so help start up SharePoint Saturdays in a number of cities. But Part of what has uh, frustrated me with some organizers and some events is that they have tried to recreate like the massive SharePoint conference that Microsoft produced. You know, they try to do this. And Eric, you and I have had uh, this conversation over the years because I know a number of events that you've directly organized as well that did very well on you know, a number of sponsors. And so you're able to raise an, a lot of money over and above what you needed for the event and part i think what i've tried to help other new organizers with this idea that look you don't have to do all this flashy stuff at the bare bones the, the the purest model is local people speaking if you can can't get a free location as inexpensive as possible no frills it's about the content and it's about bringing people together and supporting that community, not about having tons of speaker and attendee raffle items and T-shirts and swag and and this other flashy stuff. You know, I, I, I like um, I like that that simple idea of look, we've got sodas, water, and pizza, and then great topics led primarily by local experts, and yeah. that's so it. That's actually a really good point. And and what so when when the SharePoint Saturday, you know, going back eleven years, when it first really started kicking up, and we started getting traction and putting ideas to paper, the biggest things that we walked away from were it had to be free to the user, to the attendee. Um, it it was there specifically to promote the local, you know, economy of quote-unquote economy of speakers, right? Who Who's there, uh, who's in the area, whether they be 
just you know a solo person working at a full-time job or they're a consultant you know whatever the end motive was whether it be to drum up business or to show expertise in that area for your you know resume or whatever it might have been uh, at the end of the day the whole point was have a venue where people can come together locally and talk about technology and talk about what people have learned now you can follow it almost a, an exact bell curve right of of how the peak of SharePoint hit when it was just infrastructure software and a platform for other things. Um, there was a lot of interest and a lot of um, money from the sponsorship perspective floating around in that area. And it was very easy to, to raise that kind of money because the sponsors wanted to be exposed to attendees and show their expertise as well. And in fact, the SharePoint Saturday um, Virginia Beach started quite literally exactly how you said, water, soda, pizza, that was it. And as that bell curve went up, you know, the, the extravagance went up. And, and I would argue that there was a time for that, that that happened because it should have happened. And it drew up a lot of um, interest in the platform as a SharePoint Saturday as a whole. As we've sort of checked and balances, you know, ourselves back to reality, quite literally, I've had a conversation three weeks ago with an event who almost canceled because uh, they could not do all the things you just spoke of. And, and I had to sort of say, hey, wait a minute, you know, the whole point is not for all these things. It's not for speaker dinners. It's not for gifts and giveaways. It's not even for lunch. There's nothing in there that says you have to provide lunch. I mean, it's great if you can. If you can't, you know, have call a food truck and have them sit outside and, you know, provide coffee or whatever it might be just to have the event. So I think we've getting, we're getting back to a point where that's the norm. Whether or not it should be or shouldn't be, you know, it, I guess it depends on the perspective of what you want the event to be. But I, I sort of agree with you. It should be local and it should represent the folks who are there in that area and what they want. Yep. So coin a phrase, right? We're getting back to the basics. And um, I've been having done this for so many years. Um, I'm at, our event is a week from set this coming Saturday. And we're struggling to get the kind of money that we used to. And the only platinum sponsor I have is local to Virginia. But again, going back to what we're talking about right here, that's really the way it was intended before. Um, back in the glory days, yeah, I had all the big companies giving me lots of money, and it was way easier. But as Eric's pointed out, you don't have to have all those things. I was pretty surprised. I went to SharePoint Saturday DC a few months ago. They had no speaker dinner and no SharePoint. SharePoint. But guess what? There were plenty of people there that were interested. They were getting, you know, everybody was raving. There were a lot of new people that had not been to an event before, and they're like, I had no idea I could come and learn all this kind of information for free on a Saturday. So that gets back to the, you know, ground roots of what we really were all about. And I just have to tell myself, just because I had, you know, five-digit budget before, and it was easy, and I then go out and buy lots of raffle prizes and and gifts for speakers, I have to tone it back now. But the commute, gosh, I have to turn speakers away. I have so many speakers who are like, ah, oh, Susan, I didn't see that you had the speaker call open, and won't you let me in? So now I've got like 35 speakers in almost 50 sessions because I have so many people that want to speak, and that's great. And it may just be that maybe we won't have the great raffle prizes. I think I'll have enough for lunch and breakfast, but if I don't, 
the next step would be we're cutting it back to just pizza. And the other step we'll already do is try not to – I'm always afraid of running out of food, and that kind of goes back to, you know, the way I was raised by my mom and, you know, always trying to have a, a table full of food, that kind of stuff. And I, you know – maybe we don't have to have so much food that we got to have a charity to give it away to when it's done. So learning to try to balance all that. But it's a good reminder, I think, to go back to really what was this all about. And we're about technology and transformation. And if if you're going to be in this business, you get, you have to be ready to, to change and be flexible. So I, I hope that's one of the things that SPS events – I think Eric and I are both cognizant of is that we need to be able to provide a platform for people to host events and be willing to change and try to be flexible. No, I, I was I was just going to add to to all of that is that uh, you know so in here in Utah um, we 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 get between two and two hundred you know two hundred two hundred and fifty people um, we've. We've jumped around. This will be. We're back at where it all started. This is this is our. Uh, we're getting ready here in a month, so February 9th, to have our eighth SharePoint Saturday Utah. So we're pretty excited about that, and um, and we're back at where we started and ran it for the first couple of years at uh, Salt Lake Community College, and we've got a great price. And I was I was just thinking of the extremes, like the, the, this, the for all of the. And depending on the venue, of course, you know, we, I've held some of these events at locations where we got it for free or we had to pay the janitorial or security, you know, feed for somebody to be there on Saturday. But, um, but you know, it was very low cost versus Los Angeles, which was, uh, you know, crazy numbers. It, it was, um, and I, I think you guys are aware of this, and this was over the top. Um, back in this was September 2010, and we paid just for the venue, I think, thirty-five to thirty-eight thousand mm, dollars. Crazy, yeah. just crazy. And we had it was a huge event, and we had more sponsorship than we needed, but it was uh, it, it was a mess. It was too much. It was that were that's when the committee went crazy trying to recreate a huge conference experience. And let me just say that the food was much too nice for a SharePoint Saturday. <laughs> um, but the other, the other side this, one of those. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, and, and, and second, we should talk briefly about share, uh, SharePoint Saturday, the conference. But the, um, the other thing I was going to say is that I, the two comments that I hear the most frequently um, the first we hear every year as part of the organizing committee here of Utah, I've been involved for most of that eight years, um, is that uh, you know, people say, well, it's like there should be more local and not all of these people flying in nationally and even internationally. It shouldn't be this special speaker class. It should be local, which you guys have touched on, but maybe look at it. You can address that from a different angle of these uh, you know, folks like like yourselves, like myself. I've, yeah, yeah. I've I have participated in SharePoint Saturdays around the world, but uh, you know, I know that us locally here in Utah is that we give number one priority to the locals, and then we look at who submitted over and above that. And we we were also blessed this year. We had more people submitting than we had speaker slots. We we added a track so that we could add. Um, five more sessions. 
and, and we we and the room for it. So thankfully, we we had the budget we could go and and do that in our space. Um, but that's the first thing. The second thing is that. It always comes from people that have never been to a SharePoint Saturday. It's their first time they're attending, and I hear this at every single one. Is like, well, you know what? You'd probably grow a lot more if you charged a little bit for attendance. And like you, Eric, and I'm a purist in that sense. We're saying no. For everything that we do, it's always going to be free. That's the model. We're not trying to compete with, you know, SharePoint Conference North America or, right. uh, you know, any of these other summit events, right? It's, it's, it's different. So let me, uh, the two, two questions in there. Let me, let me take the first one first. Um, when, so in the early days of, of SharePoint Saturday, there was the, the only speakers that existed were the ones who did the speaker circuit, right? They're the ones, the MVP folks who, who were out and about and, and trying to get exposure or folks who wanted to be MVPs and trying to get exposure. Some Microsoft employees, some product group folks, uh, some people who are just passionate and they, you know, they wanted to see new places. So that's actually how I got involved was, hey, wait a minute, I can travel and, and talk about this stuff and, you know, have a good time and, and meet other people who are like-minded. That's sort of how I got involved. Um, with the assumption going forward that, you know, as a city got you know, a foundation, then the local folks would come out more and more. And that has happened to a degree. I would say that we're a little bit, um, you know, a little bit naive in thinking that entirely the speaker pool from for a particular city has been solely, you know, populated by the folks who live in that city. It's, it just hasn't worked out that way. And I think there's a, a bunch of different reasons for that. A lot of you know what I said before. There's there's incentive for this um, the speaker circuit speakers to keep doing that, right? And then with that comes a certain uh, level of notoriety. And when speakers or or I'm sorry, uh, coordinators are trying to have an event, maybe for the first time, you know there has to be some sort of draw to get people out there. I think that's a habit that sometimes is hard to break. Um, but I, I think it's at least trending that way. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to the responsibility of the coordinators to make sure that they're populating, you know, that speaker um, schedule with with folks who are local, and that's going to be up to them. And you know, hopefully, people as as you know, the speaker circuits folks who don't get accepted to an event um, are okay with that. Maybe just go and you know, hang out and just be there, uh, show some support in that way, and and that still looks good on reports and resumes, right? Uh, in fact, to sort of draw a parallel there, I'm coming out to the SharePoint Saturday in Utah. I had no preconceived notions of actually speaking. I submitted, right? But if, if it was full, fine. If it, whatever, I'm still coming, right? So far be it for me to say that I'm important enough to be there and, and it gains any kind of notoriety. But at the end of the day, I was still going to come. And I think that's maybe the attitude that um, we should promote a little bit more. Uh, the other part of that question was, you know, about charging and and how we can get people in there to feel like they're tied to the events subconsciously before they actually get there. Uh, like Susan said, you know, when we started this thing, the ethos was, you know, free to users, free to attendees, you know, local speakers and all that good stuff. Um, the the whole point is that it's it's to break the barrier of people who would say, uh, it's Saturday, I don't really feel like going to work, 
or I don't feel like doing work stuff. Um, and, uh, oh, well, it's free. I'll, I'll head on down and, and see what it is, right? So that was the driver for the whole free thing. Um, we've always been very specific to say you cannot charge attendance. You, you cannot charge uh, an entry fee for an attendant. It doesn't mean you can't charge for things, right? You probably don't want to go overboard because I think there's the same way that that would draw people in. It would also push people away to just keep charging for things. But if it was something where you're like, hey, we either have lunch uh, for free or you have to charge lunch or there's no lunch at all, you know, go ahead and charge for lunch. If, if people want to pay for the lunch, then they'll pay for it. If, if you're local to a bunch of restaurants or takeout places or you can get some food trucks in there, even better because then you don't even have to worry about collecting money, which comes with the whole line of stressful things that you have to deal with. Uh, and then paying a vendor and, and that whole thing. So it, it's never been that you can't charge. It just was you can't make a barrier for an attendee to to arrive um, that would, you know, have to be compensated to be able to get there. And that's where it really all came from. Yeah, and, yeah, and there's you know, been some folks who've wanted to charge for the food. Um, and there's a good argument for that. Like I mentioned earlier, I often have had too much. I mean, it gets, and then there's also the argument that if somebody pays a nominal fee, $5 or $10, and they go through that process, they're more apt to come than to say, oh, I might want to do this, let me register, and I'll think about it later. But that being said, it is really difficult, for, particularly for folks in my position where there's no business backing this, et cetera, um, to go about collecting funds. So that's one of the hardest things I think people have, sponsorships and then how to manage money when it's all a volunteer type organization. So if you start charging for something, it does make it a level uh, harder to pull that event off, in my opinion. And let me just say too, for those uh, listening, that uh, the, the wind chimes were premature. That's supposed to be part of our closing notes. So. Um, <laughs> You know, please Thank hold you. off of the sound effects there. <laughs> uh, uh, you guys probably won't be able to hear this stuff, but I actually have a bunch of the uh, – is, is it going? Oh, it's not coming up. Oh, never mind. Okay. Well, yeah, sorry. I, I tried to uh, have my stage sound effects go. but Well, let me – and just in the few minutes we have left here, I, I wanted to share some of the stats from the, the, the survey. Again, this is just a – you know, a blog post with a uh, just a pulse survey. Uh, we had 153 responses to this, uh, and so it's. It, and I think, and Eric and I had a conversation after I shared the first uh, uh, set of results. I think I've updated twice uh, to the blog, but uh, I added a question asking, you know, basically the level of participation. But I wanted to keep this like five questions, very simple. It's not supposed to be scientific, but just to gather some data to see what kinds of uh, topics that people are uh, you know are interested in. But um, you know, how many SharePoint Saturday events have people attended since they began back at the you know end of 2008? And uh, you know, we had 40% uh, of responses said hey two to five, um, and uh, so we had 14% uh, attended once, 40% two to five, 27%. Um, said uh, six to ten, and then from there they had those of us that uh, you know attend pretty regularly. I was in the the last answer, which is the I've lost count. 
Um, when was the last time uh, that you attended a SharePoint Saturday event? Uh, and you know, just the, the majority of responses were you know from folks in the last month, which just it makes sense because they're the ones that are going to be aware of a survey like this, a blog post talking about this. Um, the and, and so you had most of the people that responded were uh, uh, both attendees and speakers. So they were they were speakers, not you know the small number of that were just attendees filling out. So the, these responses were coming from people that were, I guess you could say, uh, part of the inner circle, but that are participating in these. But what the the real meat I was trying to capture with the last two questions, the first one was, you know, what topics or subject matter do you find the most interesting today and which you'd expect to see at a SharePoint Saturday event? And the reason for this is that like a lot of user groups, we're just, we're always interested, like w what are people most excited about? Maybe we're, there are topics that we've not covered and we need to bring in, things that we are just off of our radar. It's, it's easy, even with our board, we've got, I think, seven, eight people on our organizing committee, that's the user group and for SharePoint Saturday. And it's easy still to, to get into this echo chamber where, we have our perspectives, but are we really listening to what the community is saying? And and so even getting this slice of data of what other speakers and organizers of SharePoint Saturday are saying, maybe there's some other insights that we can draw from that. And so there's, uh, if you go out to my blog at buckleyplanet.com, you can look up, you can find this uh, uh, about a month and a half back when the, the, the results were posted, and you can see some of that, that data but you know, up at the top of what people want to hear about, Microsoft Teams, uh, the modern sites, that's a pure SharePoint. Um, lists and sites, the, the, uh, the uh, sorry, I'm looking at the numbers here. Um, Office, and so Microsoft Office and Office 365 productivity came in at number three. End user adoption and engagement. Well, that touches on everything. And then Power Apps and Flow, that rounds out the top five. Um, so these are all topics that, as you said, like governance, adoption, um, the patterns and practices, also very popular. Um, Office 365 cross-workload integration. I mean, just a lot of stuff that we think we've covered. Uh, and so I, I don't think there were any surprises per se. Um, but then the last question was an open one where we said, is there anything you would add or change about the SharePoint Saturday event model? And the intention was to have an open question and just see what people say. And I'll, and I'll tell you both that we made changes to Utah that we're going to try out. One of the things that we've done, it's not new. And actually, I think it was SharePoint Saturday Baltimore back in 2010 that was the first one that I saw and Ducks ran it, but it was like a all day 101 workshop. Eric, I think it was Baltimore that did it first. Cause you were uh, in that one. They all blur together to be honest. I, I don't recall it. That was back in the, uh, in the, uh, um, the, the era, it was the one that followed. It was the, after the best practices conference in 2010 in dc hmm. but anyway um, oh, yeah well we we had one where ducks came and brought equipment at one that might have been 2010 for virginia beach where ducks did one like a workshop type thing too so the different ones did them yeah so we're, we're doing that again and then the other thing we're doing is 
we have uh, we've always we've done the last few years um, right before the raffle at the end uh, we do have raffle prizes already lined up we have raffle sponsors specifically so we're not collecting funds and having to buy stuff when uh, you know sponsors um, bring these across and some really nice things uh, but we do an, an, an AMA and ask me anything with all of the speakers up front uh, and that's really popular but some of the feedback we had locally was that people wanted more of that throughout the day. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, um, rather than have some of the speakers hide out in the speaker room, we are going to have down in the expo area a dedicated AMA spot where we're always going to have one or two speakers on hand. So throughout the day, you know, they can be answering questions. So we're going to try that out. That's a good idea. I yeah, like that. I think that's good. I mean, I think – and to touch on a larger point, to your point, I think it's good that we make some differentiations between, you know, what needs to change at a local level and an event level, and what needs to change at the at the global level of the model itself, right? Um, I think that we could probably safely say at this point, and not in ignorance, right, but we can probably safely say that the global um, model seems to work pretty well. I mean, I'm sure that we can make adjustments here and there, and, and I think it's important that we go on record to say that we're totally open to making adjustments if they make sense. But I think that it's also important that event-level coordinators are aware of what their attendees are going to want, right? So it's very easy to just go and say, okay, we're having an event, we're having speaker submissions going out. That That's sort of been the order of things. It's Call for speakers, call for sponsors, and then opening up um, for for attendees to register. Well, maybe it should be the other way. Maybe it should be opening up for attendees and understanding how many attendees we have and understanding what they want to hear and maybe pitch some of those ideas. And then as a result of that feedback, then we, we, we call for speakers and, hey, speakers, this is what our attendees want to hear. Please don't come, you know, back to the submission and say, you know, I have a session on, you know, SharePoint list pivoting, right? Because no one wants to hear that. There, there really shouldn't be a reason that you have an, a, a talk where there's only three people in the room, unless there's, you know, eight people total at the event. Uh, but there should well, be some what, interest. What, maybe like the idea of you have people submit and then you open that up to, um, you know, the, the local community to vote on the topics, the sessions, and, you know, vote it up or down and, you select based on I'm not I'm, I'm not saying hey go do this I'm I'm just thinking out loud here but you know almost have that kind of you know rating and ranking which was purged from Microsoft but it could work here no uh, the, well uh, to that end I mean one of the things we do Christian is we do the post event evaluation and one of our key questions is what do you want to hear and, and so then we keep that in mind for the next year when we're um, polling sessions, but we also try to, you know, help by having MVPs and product team folks like that who know where things are going. Sometimes we need some of those submissions as well because some of the locals may not have the funds to get out to, you know, the conferences and things like that, but we feel like they need to have that awareness 
to have some idea of where things would be heading. So it's a balance. Can I, can I just say that I don't know of a single SharePoint Saturday that I've that I've organized, that I've been a part of, that I've presented at, where the organizing committees haven't considered that. That they've looked at this and said, hey, we need a balance. Look, there are some SharePoint Saturdays which historically have been more developer-centric or IT pro or even more end user centric based on their audiences and what, you know, that just was kind of driving that local community. Um, but every single one of them looked at a blend of local and, and out of town. And, and cause my response, look, I would say this in Redmond all the time. Why, why do we have, and there's it's, no, it's too early to break now, Susan, come on. <laughs> I'll try to keep yeah. muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's her phone for everybody else, but that's just kind of funny. But uh, the, the um, you know, we, we would get feedback all the time saying, um, need to have more local folks. And, and my response is that well, we need to have more local people um, submit sessions. Yeah. Uh, so that was our issue. Why did we have so many out-of-towners? We always had a high demand, but we didn't have enough local people submitting to fill it. Yeah, and, and we've also, you know, we've tossed that around of how to sort of approach that. And one of the things that we've come up with is, hey, wait a minute, you have a list of all the event attendees that were there probably for the last couple of years. Why not reach out to them first and say, hey, look, you attended an event, you know, last year, two years ago, whatever it might be. Um, here's all the things that we're thinking of, you know, maybe a good segue into voting for uh, different sessions or whatever it might be, but you have their ear and you can reach out and say, hey, if you're interested in being a speaker, you know, getting over that fear of being in front of people and, and talking about technology or whatever your barriers you might have, you know, reach out and let's have a conversation about how we can make this work for you because maybe, maybe someone um, would lend well better to being with you know, like a, a ask me anything panel and not just alone in front of, you know, 100 people in a room. Maybe that's their comfort zone. There's a lot of different ways. And we, you know, we've tried a number. I know a, a lot of groups have tried different things where uh, we held spots open for first time presenters. We we had we broke up a 60 minute session into three 20 minute sessions uh, where we could have people come in and do kind of TED talk type lengths and and I'll tell you neither of those things have been at two different events that we've tried that multiple years um, have been successful to try and uncover new you know speakers in the, in the area it's uh, if someone doesn't like getting up in front and and talking to an, an audience it's it's very difficult it's not about their level of expertise or their desire to share as much as it is. It's scary standing in front of 10 people or 40 people um, to do a session. But, um, but I, I, but I agree with you that there's plenty of other ways to do that. I love the, some of the other formats that I've seen successful are like the fireside chat where it's uh, an interviewer and an interviewee. So if you have someone who's deeply technical, but uh, you know, shy doesn't want to get up their stage on loan but to sit down on it you know on in two chairs two stools in front of an audience and have a conversation where they're being asked details from somebody who has 
you know, uh, some knowledge. Like, I think that is a great model. Or as you said, like doing an AMA, a panel is a lot less stressful to do. Put, put together panels on specific topics. Don't just have it open-ended. Say, here's a discussion on use of, of Power Apps and Flow with your intranet. How can you automate? How can you uh, uh, streamline uh, you know the, the 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 daily tasks um, for your end users, and then have a panel of three to five experts sitting there discussing, maybe with a moderator. Yeah. And then then you've got more inclusive as well. You could have it as a blend of you could have an MVP or two. You could have uh, a, a local consultant. You could have a couple customers sitting on that panel giving different perspectives. So there's different things that you can try. And I guess the hard part for all of this is that it's the, those organizers who have to think about those and get creative. If, if you see your numbers going down, people aren't participating. Is it because you're trotting out the same speakers, the same topics each time? Uh, is, your, is your goal, you know, what is your goal? I, I, I don't know, the, the, the two of you, like Susan, what's, what's your goal? I mean, I know you're retired. So you're doing it just because you enjoy this in the community. I mean, you, you're in, you still are a fan of the technology. I know that, but like, but what's the, what's the underlying goal of organizing this and providing this benefit to the community? It's to foster community, right? It's to, um, I, I still love technology and it's bringing people together to look at what they can do to get more out of what they are using and find out what their needs are and where they need to, um, what what needs do they have that we can help try to bring people in to speak about? Well, and I do, because that's, that's what, I, I used to say this all the time, is that, you know, what really kind of made the SharePoint community grow so rapidly and so large and be so passionate was really the, like the lack of help, um, you know, a lack of help from Microsoft early on in creating that content and providing that. It was like a, a necessity that uh, that drove the, the, the rapid growth of the community. But then you have so many people that, you know, so passionate. Microsoft did a great job of staying out of the way, helping where they could, but otherwise getting out of the way and letting the community kind of drive this. Um, one thing I would, I, I want, before we wrap, because I, I do need to, to, to go here, but, um, uh, you know, Eric, I know you want to answer too, is that we, I mentioned uh, SharePoint Saturday, the conference, of that being kind of a great example of, I don't know, uh, biting off too much at one time. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I like that. There's a little bit of a sigh with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's still pretty vivid, um, and it's probably not worth the whole like going on record thinking that was a bad idea. I do recall that I just I didn't jive very well with me. I don't remember how Susan particularly took to it, but um, it, it very much did feel like that. It was um, it was forced. It felt like um, I still think that was in that prime time of hey, this could work. So I don't think it was out of, um, you know, ignorance for, for the fact that it could work. And I think everyone involved had 
the best intentions. Uh, I, I think that uh, agreed. And, and it, I, you know what? From a sponsor standpoint, I was with an ISV at the time. It was actually a pretty good event because it was massive. Yeah, and and to yeah, but everyone... goes back to really right. Our roots was we were there to not be the conference, right? We were there for the locals. What did the local community need, and to provide locals opportunities to speak etc so i think we kind of got away from our roots as part yeah. of what and and i think uh, you know to to learn from the hit from the past right let me make uh, let me let me tie together two things right so it's always been in sharepoint saturday or sps events depending on you know where you stand on it right now the best interest to say hey we're we're not really you don't have to just do sharepoint and if, if that didn't ring true enough to you to know that SharePoint itself is not even a thing, it's, you know, it's it's something you would install it in the past, and but it, it was more of a platform to launch, you know, different initiatives from, and that was a big thing for a long time. Is it is it software or is it a platform? Well, we all sort of came to the point, it's a platform, and, and SPS Events is as well. So when the local folks who did the conference, uh, and for everyone's, you know, background, SharePoint Saturday, the conference was almost literally just that. It was something where you would typically have two or 300 uh, attendees to, I think we were somewhere around 1,100. So it was a much bigger venue, more speakers, pretty self-explanatory to what it was. But like Susan said, it, it kind of went against what the whole initiative was. But to finish up that point, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be just SharePoint. It doesn't have to be 20 people. It doesn't have to be 600 people. It can be whatever the local, um, you know, community of, of attendees drives. And in that time, that was that was the driver. It was a lot of people in the D.C. area who wanted to hear about this thing and, and what SharePoint could do and all these different speakers. And it made sense at the time. Was it was it uh, planned correctly? Eh, some would argue maybe not. You know, having a thousand, eleven hundred people with, you know, forty-seven, thirty-person rooms, it, it didn't make sense. Um, but those were logistical things. The point of it was really, did it make sense to have it? Technically, yeah, it did. Um, was there a need for it? Nah, probably not. We probably could have, you know, done a couple five hundred. Uh, person uh, events and to this day I think DC or at least until recently has two events a year in two different locations so at the end of the day it, it was there for um, you know a chance to learn right we learned something from it but to draw the parallels I think it's still really important to say that you know SharePoint Saturday SPS events it can be what you want it to be you can have one session on SharePoint and everything on Power Apps and that's fine do it but the whole point of it existing in the first place is the fact that we're driving technical adopting of technologies that we all work with. It's driving um, the longevity of the product and in turn our careers. It is making other um, folks who are in this industry who might be starting out have a better career and in turn make their lives of their families better. There's a huge, huge circle of life thing here that sometimes gets missed. And, you know, at the top here, we sort of see a little bit more and it's it's hard to say, hey, don't forget, you know, why we're here. And the whole point of the reason why events in India even happen is because events in London happen and in DC happen and in LA happen. Because if they don't happen, 
there's no awareness for events in India to happen in the first place. And it's all circle of life. I think sometimes we lose sight of, you know, uh, and, and one last point I'll, I'll make here. And, and for those that are interested in finding out more, of course, you could go out to spsevents.org and uh, there's again, almost every single weekend, you'll see at least one going on in the world. I mean, I'm looking at the front page and you have, uh, I don't even know where that, that city is. Um, what is that? It, Coimbatore? Is that, what is that? Where is that? That's in India. Yeah, there you go. So there are, right off the, the cover right now, there are um, three different SharePoint Saturdays in India that are, they're, they're all, you know, packed. They're all happening. Um, there you can see Salt Lake City uh, happening on February 9th. We're, we're up against an event in India happening the same week weekend. I don't know. What that's going to do, taking away potential sponsorship dollars for us. <laughs> that, that's a what's, joke. What's folks. hilarious about that is, is for so long, for for almost a decade, we struggled to have events in India. We we, why are we not having any traction in India? It doesn't make any sense. And you know, for the last two years, it's been nothing but Indian events. It's great. It, no, it's fantastic. And and uh, look, I I feel blessed to have been able to participate. Uh, it, you know, it, it, on SharePoint Saturday events in Australia, New Zealand, uh, in South Africa, in uh, did, I was virtually the part of the one that was uh, you know with Israel, um, the the online the Middle East one, you know India now all over Europe, um, Canada and across the U.S. of course, but the the most. I've ever attended in one year. You know, Eric, you and I have had this conversation before. I think the most I ever did was 18. So that's 18 Saturdays where I, I was not compensated for my weekends. And that was in addition to all of the other events they went through. And I know, I don't know what the, the record is, but I, I, Eric, I mean, I know you're up in the 20s um, because you had no life for a long time. Yeah, I don't. I you know just like that survey, I'll, I've totally lost count. I have no idea at this point. And and hey, we were compensated. It might not have been well, financially, sure. but yeah, I, I know you correct. know where I'm going with it. I mean, right. I know you don't. It, it's not that trivial as money, but no, you know, it, we were compensated. It, and I think a lot of other people's lives were as well. You know, I would. I have to say that. Look, I was a, a Microsoft employee for three and a half years. Um, and while I was. Uh, probably not the 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 best Microsoft employee. I'm I'm a much bigger fan of Microsoft on the outside. That was a you know more than a decade ago. I'm a big Microsoft fan, and there's a lot of changes that have happened there. But I'll tell you that one of the best things ever was I wanted to get back into the SharePoint world, and and I interviewed with two ISVs, got hired by one, went through a couple acquisitions, um, but SharePoint Saturday. I'm definitely in that bucket of people that uh, that that really had their careers just take off because of participation. I feel blessed by it, and uh, so I'm a you know big believer and supporter in the potential of you know participating in that. Um, pay it forward, network with people, um, and learn and share what you've learned and that has uh i built my career on that so yeah well said well i thank you both for your time i know we all need to run eric i'll see you in uh in a, in a few weeks and uh susan i'll let you get back to your construction duties hopefully um the and i'll owner... speak to you at sharepoint saturday oh, that's, that's right 
So here we go again. I I was supposed to speak last year at SharePoint Saturday, Virginia Beach. On my way to the airport here in Salt Lake City, I was listening to the weather and heard about this massive storm hitting the East Coast. And if I had gotten on that flight, I would have been stuck overnight and maybe for a couple days in Atlanta. And so I didn't make it out. So the event was pushed off. And uh, so this year I was a bit gun shy. <laughs> it didn't, uh, didn't submit, but I am going to be doing a virtual keynote. Um, so doing it remotely, I'm, I'm looking forward to participating in another, yet another SharePoint Saturday, Virginia beach. So thanks for having me, Susan. Yeah, we look forward to it, Christian. So, well, thanks a lot, Susan and Eric, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you both soon. Cheers. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. You can find us online at collabtalk.com, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.